For Filthy Casuals, by Filthy Casuals. Hi everyone and welcome to Flashpoint episode 110, recorded Sunday, March the 20th. I'm your host David Holloway and with me is the man considering an offer from Donald Trump to be Secretary of State if Trump should be elected. How are you, Simon? I'm just working my way towards being a VP actually because as uh, soon as that joker wins, he's dead. <laughs> That's true. You're not recording this, are you? <laughs> Um, plus, uh, he needs a, an intelligent VP, so, geez, I, I think you should think about that. That would be a good move. That's why it's going to be Sarah. <laughs> oh, oh, if only we ran a US politics podcast, we'd have some fun. Um, wouldn't. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. We'd probably just get Crying into our bourbons. That's right. And we also have our other rock in the wall that is this podcast returning from his recent flouncing around the continental United States, I believe I alleged last time. And there's also rumours of Canadian misadventures. Ben McJanet, how are you, sir? Um, I'm well, David. How are you doing, mate? Good. Welcome back. You survived it all? I survived it all. I had an absolute wonderful time. Um, all the bad rap America gets, it, it's all media beat up. Um, I had a ball. It was one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I think I think um, most people would agree when you're in mm. America that Americans are some of the most hospitable people on earth. I agree. They really are. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to some, you know, I did the touristy thing. I went to New York and Chicago. and But I also went to Detroit, you know, not a city that's very well known for its tourism. And the people there were lovely. Yeah. Um, and Canada, yeah, misadventures uh, to say the least. <laughs> well, we can get into that a bit later if you want. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's just when you let um, Americans into Europe, it all goes sour. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's Cashed talk. up gillbillies. That's right. So we're back um, on schedule, which is a bit scary. So it's been exactly a month since the last Flashpoint. And again, thanks to Casmus for, for helping out in Ben's absence. Um, let's talk about, as we always do, what we've been playing. Simon. I have been playing Xenoblade Chronicles X, or is it 10? I don't know. I don't know what X stands for anymore. On the Wii U, I even got myself one of those, uh, one of the, the pro controllers because, you know, the tablet things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you need to have a pro controller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's that's been a bit of fun. A lot of talky-talky, not as much as the traditional metal gears so you know at least i've got a, a good a good solid baseline for that kind of thing uh batman let go on the vita and singularity on the xbox 360 i've actually not been playing anything on well i suppose if you call the wii u current generation but it's all been uh, all been on more antique hardware nice and xenoblade chronicles is one of the newer releases isn't it on wii u yeah it's a very recent yeah. one yeah excellent ben um, well, mostly because of traveling. I've spent a lot of uh, time playing Ken Ken and Sudoku on my phone, um, which, you know, that passes a little bit of time on the plane and in the airport, which is always good. But, um, yeah, I got back. I played some Destiny. Iron Banner was on as soon as I arrived back in Australia, so I managed to get myself to rank five in that. And also that weekend, Uncharted 4 multiplayer beta was on, and I gave that a good quick crack before... Uh, uh, heading back to Unch- uh, Destiny Rada, and then um, the Division has come out, which we'll talk about some more soon. And I finally installed StarCraft Two Legacy of the Void. I didn't play it, but I installed it. No, well, you won up on me. I mean, I, I'm a regular StarCraft player, but still haven't bought the expand that expansion. So, yeah, I bought it and installed it. I just haven't uh, booted it up yet. Fair enough. Uh, I've just stuck to three things, really. I, I did have a bit of a re, rekindling of the love affair with Fallout 4 to the point that I've now bought the season pass um, and now recruiting it because the division's come out and I, I don't know how I'll get time to do both. But um, So, yeah, Fallout 4, having a lot of fun uh, still in that. Uh, the division in the past week I've enjoyed the hell out of and we'll talk more about that. And doing lots more WoW. I actually haven't touched StarCraft the last two to four weeks but um again back in wow just achievement hunting as i it's you know this stage of the wow cycle it's what you tend to do because there's nothing else to do so all right that's what we've been playing so given that 
two of us at least have reluctantly dragged ourselves away from our screens for this podcast from the division. Let's talk about it. Um, ben, do you want to launch in first about initial impressions, whatever the hell you like, really? And, and Simon, I know you're you're taking a rain check on this one as yet. Well, I wouldn't say it's a rain check. I'm being cautious. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just say that experience with other games similar to the division, also possibly starting with D. Um, <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront. That's the one. I have. Oh no! I already knew what that was going to be. I, I thought it. I thought it was Dart Wars, <laughs> or something like Dart that. Wars, yeah. Dart Wars <laughs> Battlefront. No yeah. boars, boars. Yeah. <laughs> it bores you out. Oh god, yeah. Dart Wars Dego on the Wii. Yes. The Dagger Bar map. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it right now. So yes, yeah, tell me, what's the division like? Uh, um, look, I'll start off with saying, because everyone wants to compare it with Destiny. And the first thing I want to say to you, to anyone that is thinking about it being like Destiny is it's not like Destiny. Agreed. Um, it is a very, very different game. Uh, Destiny is first and foremost a first-person shooter um, with sprinklings of MMO and RPG elements. The Division is a third-person shooter with a lot of RPG elements and very little MMO elements. So just to clear that all up straight away, the two games are very different. Will it kill Destiny? God, no. Um, I know when Destiny eventually brings out their next update, I'll probably jump back over to Destiny. Um, but will I keep playing The Division in the meantime? Yeah. It's um, it's a pretty good game. The mechanics are solid. The RPG elements are solid. Um, the crafting seems to be pretty good. So initial impressions, it, it's, it's a good game. Um, is it a great game? I think time will tell. Uh, they've got season pass and planned content roadmap already. Maybe that'll tell us more in the future if it is a great game. And let's just let's just jump on the whole comparison thing, and, and I agree wholeheartedly. It's nothing like Destiny. In fact, the two impressions of what it reminded me more of is number one, Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'll, actually, I wanted to ask you, David, um, seeing as you've been playing Fallout Four recently, does it feel with the RPG elements of Fallout Four? Yes, 4, and that does was it feel gonna, like Fallout Four. Yeah, and that was going to be my second comparison, uh, and it, it's really. Uh, it's not frustrating because they're different games, but I'm so into the Fallout 4 mode of play that I'm constantly running around these buildings saying, why can't I go in and scavenge, you know, um, cigarette butts and stuff like that that you do in Fallout 4. <laughs> so there's nowhere near, you can't pick up anywhere near the amount of things, but, yeah, there's a lot of similarities to Fallout 4. Yeah, I think with the size of the world that they've created in the Division, um, being able to go into every single building might be a little bit difficult in comparison to Fallout 4. Yeah, and this is where I'm unaware of the size of the world. So Fallout 4, you, you can't go in every building either, but there's a lot. I would have thought comparatively Fallout 4 was a bigger world, but I could be wrong. My understanding it is a bigger world. The Division City, I think, is about the same size as the metropolitan area of San Andreas. Is it San Andreas well, in GTA 5? Okay. I, the, the, I, believe, I believe that's the current that's, that you have access to is about that same size, yes. But with the proposed to expand to the entire five boroughs of New York um, with a one-on-one, one-to-one scale sort of um, replication of the world, um, yeah, it, it could quite very well be the biggest game, realistic game world we've ever seen. And I haven't read anything, so I'm assuming that it is geographically realistic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like I said in our um, introductions, I was in New York while I was over there, and I'm sitting there looking at the map going, okay, so if I go down Broadway and I turn left on the 46, and I actually know what I'm talking about because my hotel I stayed on was on 46, uh, West 46th Street and Broadway was there and I walk around the corner and there's Times Square. So I'm looking at the map remembering all these things that I recently saw in New York and it does seem to be very accurate. Um, the Times Square is on Broadway between, uh, what is it, 40... Fourth and forty seventh, roughly, um, and then you've also got, you know, uh, oh, what's it called? Empire State Building is on thirty uh, third or around thirty third Avenue and fifth um, uh, 
Fifth Avenue. So there, it is accurately placed to what I saw in New York City. Um, you know, Madison Square Garden is right across from the U.S. Post Office building, which is the first real story mission you hit. Yeah. They should um, knock down Penn Station. That was just such a terrible. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Getting we're getting distracted here, but yeah, the world size is um, basically recreated of um, New York. Yeah, yeah. The building placement isn't identical. I mean, because uh, as Ben says, it's it's very very close. So I, I have read a number of people who have uh, things. A number of people have read where they've say looked gone to look for their building and they found their building, but the adjacent structures aren't necessary aren't necessarily correct. Okay. Um, yeah. But but it's but I find that the fact that people can actually find their building in about the right place that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, and it, and it's a very pretty game. So compared to even though there's a lot of comparisons to Fallout Four, um, it's a hell of a lot prettier game than Fallout Four, and that's partly because of the context of Fallout Four being you know radioactive and all that. But I think the graphics engine's a big step up as well. Fallout Four's graphic engine is an antique. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So. Um, but yeah, hell of a lot of fun. Um, if you're, it's definitely not for those. We I know I have a lot of parents listening. It's definitely not appropriate for younger kids. There's a fair bit of language and a fair yeah. bit of um, sexual theme stuff going on, and and vi- a lot of violence, obviously, because you, I yeah. mean, you you got people mugging other people and <laughs> you machine well, gunning you... them to death in the streets. I don't I don't know how many levels you've got into it yet, David, but you get these um intel videos at the end of some of the story missions and some of them are incredibly brutal um you know and i was sitting there the other night just watching one going wow that's yeah that that yeah it it, it is a little stunning you don't expect it because you don't when you're playing a video game sometimes you forget that it's mimicking real life yes um and this yeah you watch these little intel videos and you're like Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That was a lot more gory than what I'd anticipated. Yes, and it's, I mean, it just is that level of violence. You're right. The Intel videos mm. is there's lots of dark themes and that as well. But yeah, I just still find it amusing that there are people mm. doing minor misdemeanors and I'm machine gunning. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just not quite sure that's the right approach. But anyway, oh no, I, I straight away sniper rifle to the head. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> and it sounds like the queuing mechanics working quite well. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Mm. So for those who haven't played, and you may know more, but so I'm only um, I'm about to hit level eight, so I'm still relatively early days. Um, that, yeah, I got to level twenty seven about half an hour ago. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, some of the some of the missions you can yeah match make. It is quite fluid. I like the way the matchmaking works. Um, mm. It's I, 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 I'm guessing it scales. It appears to scale appropriately for the number of you that are in the. Um, team, it's yeah. There's not a lot to criticise. Lots of controls to get to know initially, but they do become fairly second nature. It's actually a much better use of controls than Fallout Four. I still find Fallout Four and using the Pip Boy and that is frustrating as all hell. This is a lot better. You yeah, one actually stuck to your actual wrist. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah. only thing with the menu interface I've found is especially if you're outside somewhere in the game world, not in a safe house um, it's white text with a snow background Yeah, uh, it can be a little difficult to read sometimes um, even with the orange highlight on like the stat numbers so to see 7.5% in bright orange text and then the text next to it will be white which will say accuracy so 7.5% accuracy boost for example so the white will be glared out because you've got a snow background sitting behind you, so you can't really read it. And then the orange is actually the same colour as the highlight, so you can't read that either. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> def- that's right. There's definitely – and compared to, say, Destiny, where you mm. when you zoom in on certain weapons, you get a better look. It, it is more realistic, I suppose, in that yeah. you are shooting at people generally a long way away and, and mm. having to take a bit more time. Um and for those, most people would have read about the division. It it totally relies on the use of cover, and and that when I first heard that, I thought, oh, this is going to be tedious. But the way they've done it's extremely good. It works yeah. really fluidly, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's, yeah, I like the cover mechanics as yeah. well. Um, I will say, if you've ever played Gears of War, 
the cover mechanics in that are better, but they set the standard for third-person shooting cover mechanics back in 2007, so it's not surprising. Um, but, yeah, no, the cover mechanics are good. You just have to get used to the buttons for them is what I think. Yeah. So there you go. I think we're both saying it's worth a, worth a look. Um, yeah. And just some some other new stuff related to that quickly. So there's the first update for that is um, scheduled next week. Oh, actually, sorry, just step back. I, I, I assumed quite uh, incorrectly that Tom Clancy's The Division was based on one of his books because I've enjoyed the game that much. I thought I want to buy the book and read it, but there is no book. So he obviously wrote the story for this game specifically. I, uh, I think I'm he's not dead. sure. <laughs> Oh, Tom Clancy dead, is he? Oh, there you go. I hadn't looked I, that far. I, I think it's just that the... Uh, the I think... No, I'll have to Google that, but I, I was fairly sure he was. I could be wrong. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I was just curious. <laughs> I'm not sure now. <laughs> I, have, I have a follow-up question for both of you, just quickly. Do, sure. you, do you feel that the game is, uh, is fully featured, or do you think it's a minimal viable product, so more of a platform than a product? And secondly, what platform were... Not that it's going to matter in the future. What platform are you guys actually playing on? Um, on the first question, I think it's platform versus product. I think it's debatable at this early stage. It's a lot of fun whether they can make it a long-lasting thing. I think so. And I'm on PS4. Uh, and Tom Clancy, you're right, died in 2013. Oh, rest in peace. Um, I think... Uh, I'm playing it on PS4, I'll, I'll st- start with that, and that's because I struggle to sit the compu- in front of the computer for long periods of time anymore. I get restless and uncomfortable, so it's a lot easier for me to play these sort of games on the couch. Um, and I did have a friend point out to me who is playing it on PC and loving it uh, that I should just get a Steam, what do they call it, a Steam machine thingy that streams it from your PC to the TV, but... Getting distracted. Um, I think the game, in terms of content, there is a lot of repetitiveness. Um, the main story missions are very good in breaking up the monotony, uh, but all the side missions and encounters between one zone and the next are very much the same. Yeah. Um, and me being overly completionist, I have been doing every single side mission and encounter as I go. And I'm getting very tired of doing them, but thankfully I've just finished doing all the upgrades for the electronics section, so hopefully not too many left. Um, and that's an Ubisoft trait as well. That, you know, the division is developed by Ubisoft, and it does show a lot of the Ubisoft traits. If you've played Assassin's Creed or um, Splinter Cells, any of those sort of other Ubisoft-style games, it pulls a lot of that sort of same design uh, mechanics, I think. Um, and I haven't touched Endgame yet. As, like I said, I'm only level 27 and max level's 30. And I don't know, uh, from what I've heard reported anyway, I don't know how much Endgame content there is to satisfy the general public. Uh, there is a scheduled major content update for April as part of the season pass, but I don't know if that's going to be good or not. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll wait and see. A little grindy, but... Yeah, grindy is probably the um, appropriate word. The levelling process seems to be very grindy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, actually, David, have you stepped foot in the dark zone yet? No, I haven't. So that's... I can't, okay. definitely can't comment on that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just quickly comment on it because it is a massive part of the game. Um, I'll try and keep it short because I've only stepped in there for about two hours. But the Dark Zone, for those that don't know, is a section of the map where it is absolute free-for-all, Wild Wild West-style shooting gallery. Um, When I first ran in there, I was sneaking between cover, avoiding enemies like the Plague because they're all elites in there. Um, Well, at least Purple, which is one shy of elite, I think it is. So he goes, red's your normal enemy, purple's the one above it, and yellow are the uh, hardest enemies to kill. And But the unique thing about the dark zone is not only do you get the tougher enemies and the better loot drops in there, but it is also a PvP-enabled um, zone. So if you're going in there and you see another player, you can kill them or they can kill you. 
Um, I very quickly dispatched another player near an extraction zone while he was distracted killing enemies, stole his loot, ran around the corner and, um, you know, kept it all for myself. Um, I haven't found anything all that great to, you know, hang on to, but there is some uh, pretty nice-looking loot when you look at the vendors in there anyway. Yeah, cool. Mm. Yes, I think we'll be both spending a lot, a lot more hours in there. Um, and as far as the grindiness too, I, see, I'm a sucker for that. So in Destiny, I still happily run around the Cosmodrone shooting those same level four um, enemies and, and doing missions and stuff. So that's never probably going to worry me um, as long as they mix it up a bit. So I'm horrified to say that I'd do the same thing. Yeah. Still quite happy running around. It must it must be something to do with my OCD or my autism <laughs> sort of whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, after the um, the ride along they did through the uh, what do they call it? What? Bungie did that ride along the other week. I went back and did a patrol of the um, dreadnought. That's what it was. Yeah. Did a patrol of the dreadnought just to have a look around and see what they were talking about. Yeah, and, it, and it's a lot. Look, the dreadnought you could spend hours on because the, the enemies respawn so quickly those entrance to the ship bit mm-hmm. so you can just constantly be running around it's a lot oh, yeah. of fun um all right so very briefly other division road news they had 6.4 million users for the beta which apparently is a world record um aussie player chaos 3sk was the first to hit the maximum dark zone rank of 99 with 130 hours total play time that's insane yeah that happened yesterday morning our time in australia and, yeah, there is actually a video on YouTube. Uh, he did share it out. Uh, if you go to the Division website, you can uh, see the announcement that he was the first player to reach max level. But I think just the cool part about it, him being Australian, uh, player that got to be the first one there in the world is, with our shitty internet, um, is the most impressive thing. Yes. No, it's good. Mm. Well done, Chaos3SK. I'm sure he's a regular listener of this podcast. Indeed. Oh, as every other Australian should be. That's right. All right, so that'll, that will leave the division there. I, I, I don't know that we'll constantly talk in depth about the division ongoing, but we'll certainly, as we're playing it, mention it. Um, we mentioned last episode we're going to do a half-assed hypothetical, and we might try and keep this relatively short, but um, the half-assed hypothetical being a semi-regular segment, and we'd love your feedback on hypotheticals you'd like us to discuss uh, but I thought we'd launch um, off with our old staple Star Wars The Old Republic, which none of us have played in the last month. Um, but the half half asked hypothetical is, what if SWOTOR had never been developed and Bioware were just now given the same amount of money they were given to develop SWOTOR, um, but were asked to develop it in context of the current Star Wars movies timeline? How do you reckon that'd go? Would it be better than what Swator has ended up being as far as uh, subscriber numbers? Not enough law in the the current timeline to really know. You know, what's your thoughts? And Simon, I'm guessing you might have the stronger view on this. So, what do you reckon? You bastard. <laughs> um, well, with the, the uh, considering I only really just read through that. Um, I, I think it would be problematic, quite frankly. I mean, part of the beauty of going into the very early time period that they have is that they've got a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Uh, there isn't an awful lot of flexibility where they are at the moment unless they kept it very limited and then started expanding it with each movie, considering the, the timeline required to produce all of the content in uh, an MMO of that sort and just mm. complexity. I don't even think they've started writing the, the script for the the next Star Wars movie yet. So, yeah, I, unless they wanted to try and do it so it just had certain, like, keystone moments. Uh, you mean uh, Episode Nine because Episode Eight's already filmed? Yeah, it started shooting, yeah. Oh, has it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. And Rogue One comes out at the end of the year. I think I think they probably would actually be safer off just doing like a if they were going to go into that area probably do what Rogue One has done and do a a side mission yeah yeah or mm. or, or something periphery uh, on the periphery because they, they wouldn't be less likely to get bogged down oh, I didn't know they started shooting already but yeah, whatever uh, yeah, Hamill's posting about it 
I've, I've stopped. I've stopped looking. I don't want any hints. <laughs> and I know. I know. Finn tweeted about how he's already heavy back into shooting schedule in uh, oh. in UK. Honestly, if you're on Twitter, go follow Mark Hamill on Twitter. He posts. He's an absolute Jedi troll, and he will troll the crap out of the fans. But he is a <laughs> delight to follow on Twitter. Well, I. I follow Carrie Fisher because I have no idea what that woman is saying ever. Oh, she's nuts. But God so love her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I love her to bits, but out of her tree. Completely oh, tree. And she, she, she will admit it. I mean, she's got bipolar, isn't it? Uh, yeah, she's got some mental health issues and yeah, she's yeah. got a long substance use history as well. Yeah, but she is one of the most lovely people I've seen. And some of the stuff she says is just batshit crazy. God love her. I find her hilarious. Well, it, it's not even – I can't even criticise her for that because I don't actually understand. There's so many emojis in there. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. I, it took me long enough to work out what the Deadpool one was. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, that was like two emoji in one letter. Best advertising ever. <laughs> Absolutely. But going back to Star Wars, uh, I think they would probably still opt – to, even if it was being produced today, by where we're doing it today, I still think they would go back to that earlier era because that's where their history is. That's where KOTOR came from. And that is just a logical springboard. I, regardless of when they got to make the MMO, I think that's the epoch they go for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good perspective. And just to be totally half-assed, I'd argue if the money was made available now, they just wouldn't fund the MMO outright. <laughs> They go, that model's dead. Do, do do a better Battlefront, please. Well, they could always do it like a Defiance game. Yeah, yeah. That's could, true. Because yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea if that actually worked or not. I think both the both game and the series have sort of slowly petered out. But, yeah. No, yeah. the game was pretty fun for uh, free-to-play. Oh, yeah. I still drop into uh, Defiance periodically. Mm-hmm. It's the just the drive, driving your little truck around is quite fun. Just seeing how far you can go before you get completely slaughtered. I just like hitting as many jumps as possible in the thing. Yeah, it's good for that. Yeah. See, I, I think we're all in agreement that Dissuator is not good in the current timeline. Ben, would you agree? Yeah, from a financial point of view, yes, they'd probably make a lot of initial money out of it. Uh, from a gameplay and story point of view. I just don't think it would be very good. Um, if they were to release it now, I think it's probably the better question. Um, I think it would be very successful if they were to release a game now uh, that was essentially, for all intents and purposes, this very similar to what Svotor ended up being. Um, it could be a very successful game. They'd be making a lot of bank off the success of Episode 7 and leading into Rogue One and... Um, episode 8 next year um, so I think yeah I, it, the current trilogy timeline from a, from a development point of view and it, it'll just be handcuffing Bioware who's really well known for their story that's the big problem with it but to release one today I think they would do very well financially yeah and I mean in an ideal world I, I'd be putting them in the same time frame that the Marvel comics are currently um, at, which is, I'm just, I'm sending, I'm doubting my own logic here. I can't remember whether the current comics are set after episode four or episode six. I actually think the majority um, are after episode four. There's so many series, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, I'm just, I'm doubting um, myself on that now. Because I, I, I bought a couple of the trades. I still haven't read Shattered, read Shattered Empire yet, but. Um, yeah, there's Shattered Empire, which follows Return of the Jedi, and that talks about – that's got Poe Dameron's parents in it, I believe. That's right, yeah, and I think that's yep. the only one post-Return of the Jedi. I think Darth yeah. Vader, Star Wars, uh, yes. Land – well, Land, actually, no. Is Lando pre-Empire or post-Empire? Yeah, I'm just thinking, no, I think Lando is post-Empire. It was only a five-issue okay. miniseries. Yeah, because um, I've got – yeah, I got the uh, first tray for Star Wars, which was very good. And there's a couple of elements from Darth Vader carried across because the storytelling continue, uh, continuity. Yeah. Um, they have to. Um, and that's very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, 
big Star Wars Galaxies was between Episode Four and Empire as well. Um, and we all know how that turned out. I mean, it was kind of fun in the beginning with the sandbox elements, but there wasn't much to the game itself. And I've said it many times on this podcast, I would kill for a Splinter of the Mind's Eye movie. Yep. I wonder Clone Wars or a, a Star Wars Rebels MMO. That could be – those areas could be fun. If I'm just wondering if they're a bit too fleshed out for an MMO now. I mean, the most fun Star Wars game I've ever played, I still think, is Star Wars Lego. Yeah, yeah, and there's a new one of that coming out, so. Mm. Yeah. My, my favourite is still the original TIE Fighter. Oh, yes. If, yes, if you can good. configure the, the, the damn Muse music thing mm. correctly in your DOS box. Oh, finally, I still had a joystick. Oh, they don't cost much, mate. Yeah, I know. eBay. I should I should look for one just instead of spending it on other stuff. <laughs> just get yourself a Logitech, unless your computer still has a game port, in which case uh, you're probably better for this Microsoft Sidewinder. I used to have a Sidewinder. It was one of the best investments I ever made when I was a kid. Force feedback one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, they were the best. Another bomb. Reminiscences. All right, well, that was definitely a half-assed hypothetical, but we would... Love your um, f- input into other hypotheticals you'd like to discuss. And it doesn't even have to be totally gaming-related. It can be pop culture-related, whatever. So, and, and as I've mentioned last episode, it's a direct rip-off of another podcast, Plumbing the Death Star, uh, who seem very mutant-obsessed. Every second episode is about mutant stuff, and it's getting a bit tedious. But the one week before last was how would you survive ga- the Game of Thrones to get on the, the throne? That one's not too bad. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> no. Well, no, well, I know what I'd do. I'd wait in the sidelines, and then when the the last guy's killed everyone else off, I kill him. Well, see, and that was one of, one of them said, I would just eat my oats and fruit for breakfast, do lots of exercise, live for 70 years, and that's right, outlive all the other bastards and then just step on the throne. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I played Game of Thrones, uh, Telltale's game. I, yeah, I wouldn't survive five minutes. Uh, it's only a month till it debuts. Um, mm. Again, can't wait. So, all right, let's jump across to PS4 VR. So, um, Simon, did you want to take the lead on this one? Because I know you tweeted about it during the week. I actually haven't read much on it yet, which is my fault. But well, went first last time. That's not fair. All right, all right. So, Ben, you put it on there. VR. All right, VR. Um Basically, if you read or heard anything about the GDC uh, Game Developers Conference this week in America, um, there's quite a few little announcements. Uh, PS4 VR's release date being one of them uh, is currently scheduled for October of 2016 with a Australian dollar price of $549. And within hours of them announcing it, I saw at our local uh, EB that uh, pre-orders were already available. Yeah. <laughs> That's the short of it. That's pretty much what we have. Uh, there's been 90-something games confirmed for it, okay. uh, but every PS4 game will work with the VR headset. Um, so look at it like having a 50, oh, I'm not saying 55-inch, but like a 100-inch TV in your house. Yeah, it's got it's got to be hard to go past if if all the games that's about like if I can play the end mm. of this year you know the season pass Fallout Four or Division or Destiny or whatever it's going to be hard to go past although I worry about the jetpacks in Destiny and VR whether there's lots of people vomiting on their lounge room carpets be interesting to see might be a good time to get into the carpet cleaning business yeah. <laughs> that's mm. right. Uh, <laughs> GamerCarpetCleaning.com. Get that domain registered. Um, yeah, and even the 549 is not cheap, and I know you've got to have what uh, – you've got to buy other bits too, don't you? Um, yeah, well, that's what they've announced, but I did see – I think it was this morning, um, just briefly on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere, there's a bundle which will include the headset and the camera and I think a Move controller as well, the PlayStation Move controller if you haven't already got one. Um I can't even remember what they said the headset comes with for the $549 price. Simon, do you know? Uh, no. they, well, they they had a, a shot of what's included in the box and it 
wasn't they didn't bother telling you what the thing was but basically you'll get the the headset uh the cable to connect the headset to the little box the cable to connect the little box to your playstation 4 and there's a couple of other probably a power cord and an instruction manual that seemed to be much it and they said the reason that they weren't including the camera in the package was because most early adopters probably had already bought one yeah, well, the, the PlayStation camera is an interesting beast because in the United States, when the PS4 first launched, you couldn't buy a PlayStation camera to save your life. Meanwhile, here in Australia, they were everywhere. Yeah. Mm. So well, it's it depends on the market and the Australian market. Not a lot of people bought PlayStation cameras, so I think they'll be trying to get it bundled in. Yeah, I'm in that boat. I have none of those peripherals. Um, mm. But it's, it's really fascinating how they've announced later this year it'll be out, support pretty much all the games. And then you look at the Oculus, which was looking like it was going to be the first serious consumer-level VR headset, and they've just announced in the last week, I think, support of 30 games, of which not one of them that I could see were, were anything to get excited about. I look at the Vive and the Oculus, and I think to myself, who the hell are they selling these to? Because you still need a high-end PC to run it. Yeah. So you're spending nine hundred dollars on an Oculus. I think I think it's eight fifty. So let's say nine hundred dollars on the Oculus, and you still got to spend another fifteen hundred dollars on a decent PC to run the thing. Whereas with the PS4 VR, which it seems to be more consumer friendly and has more games available to play on it, you have to spend five hundred forty-nine dollars. For the VR headset, maybe say let's say six fifty seven hundred to get it in a bundle with all the other little bits and pieces. Yeah, and three hundred dollars, three fifty for a PlayStation Four for a second hand one. Yeah, it's a lot um, with cheaper. no games. That, that's that's let's say that's a thousand bucks all up compared to spending two and a half grand. Makes yeah yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the price on the PlayStation 4 may drop soon. I could too, yeah. Well, Xbox, this is in, in the running sheet, but Xbox just announced a upcoming limited price drop of the three, no, the uh, Xbox One in the US to oh. $300. Well, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's US $300, not Australian. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's about $400. And there's probably a good segue there with the PS4 and um, them having a price drop is there's also rumours um, about a new PS4.5, so to speak. Um, so increased graphical power, games running at 4K resolution, which might be nice if the VR stuff. Um, well, no, the headset's not 4, uh, 4K compatible. Oh, true. No, it wouldn't be either. Good point. Um, so they don't know whether current PS4 owners will be able to upgrade or have to buy an entirely new device. Um, but Sony have started briefing developers. Yeah, PS4.5 is an interesting thing because it was it's it's still a rumor because it was just I think it was one Kotaku article uh, was like the writer um, overheard people talking about it at the GDC. So whether or not it's comes true or not who knows um it's supposed to be nintendo nx coming soon but there was nothing out of gdc about that either no it's a pity the playstation 4 doesn't have a cartridge slot then you could just jam your 32x in there be done with it nice that'd be mm. nice yeah i think I, you would think now technologically they could make some kick-ass cartridges that have enough data on them that they would still be better than discs yeah, well, I remember the Nintendo 64, and granted it was only a memory upgrade, but it had a little slot in the console itself. You'd pull that out and pull out the memory cartridge that was in there and put the upgraded memory cartridge in there so that it had more memory for the games you were playing so that the games could run, the newer games could run. So they did kind of release an upgrade for the console that you already have. Yeah. Why but- can't Microsoft or Sony just do something like that? Well, I don't because I don't. I mean, think they haven't got the expansion port. Mm. For well, one. they they 
could develop that in the next iteration of console. Yeah, I'd like to see the PS5 and, and next Xbox have that exact that we you know plan on future proofing it a little bit that the actual base box you won't need to constantly buy. Even if you've got to pay the same amount for the upgrades, just environmentally it would make a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. and it's just something like a halfway point in, during the council, uh, console cycle. You look at the 360 and the PS3, they lasted for eight, nine years. People still use them. Yeah. Um, they're a 10-year-old console now, and games are still being made for it. Destiny is a perfect example. The last generation is holding future generation consoles back. Yes, it is. They, mm. Destiny shouldn't have any more 360 PS3 releases. Shouldn't. Quite frankly, it should not. They, they shouldn't make any additional releases for it. They need to draw the line and then mm. and, and move on with the, the current... Well, what's currently the current generation, who the hell knows what's going to be next. Yeah, yeah. But maybe... Uh, yeah, this this generation might be a very short console life cycle. But it, may, maybe the next generation will involve inter-console compatibility with games. So that was my attempt at a segue, that there's also been a fair bit of news about Microsoft have said they'd mm-hmm. like their online games to be able to sync in with PS4. And mm-hmm. then Sony have responded to that non-committally, but not ruling it out, saying, yeah, that pro- you know probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Reckon they'll get there? I'm not convinced. Well, they did once before. Um, was it back on the in the days of the PS2 and the Xbox? There was a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, uh, I know the one you're talking about. I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, there was one. Yeah, and that was uh, Microsoft made the exception and basically let Square do what they wanted. So that actually had uh, cross-play between the two platforms. That was in the very early days of... Xbox Live and um, what is now the PSN as well, because there wasn't a PSN back then, was there? It was the PSN though. It had uh, the the PS2. You could get a hard drive and, and yeah, uh, and a network adapter mm-hmm. it, um, as as two separate things. And then obviously you had the the game. You can still buy the damn things on eBay. The the game, the the disc, and the and the uh, the adapter. If <laughs> but obviously the servers are no longer there. You'd have to also <laughs> buy yourself a server, but hey, that's that's someone out there has done that. I'm sure they have. There, there, there has to be to know that that's happened. Mm. So it's definitely happened. Um, my my perennial um, old standby DC Universe Online, uh, for instance, has just merged its uh, PC and PlayStation Four. I think. Yeah, must be PlayStation Four. I don't know if PlayStation 3 player base is included. Yeah, no, they must be in there as well. Yes, of course they are. So the PS3, PS4 and PC um, players uh, for DC Universe Online are all merged now. Uh, in the, U- the US and the EU are still separate, obviously, but within those two domains, they're a, a just a single domain. And, of course, DC Universe Online is going to be out for Xbox in spring, Northern Hemisphere time. So I'll be very interested to see how... So that's soon. Yeah, yeah, it's not not far away at all. And I'm wondering just how much of a heads-up they might have had because, because that would make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Xbox has already done cross-platform support, not so much with Sony in the last... Even just now, uh, Rocket League, which is a new, brand-new game. Uh, yeah. Um, they've provided cross-platform support with not only Windows 10 platform, but also into the Steam OS environment. Um, so Rocket League, if you're playing Rocket League in Steam, you can be very well versing a Xbox Live player. Absolutely. And that's the way it should be, and particularly given the, the increasing reliance on online games, even for games that aren't needing to be online, that they have to be. They've got to mm. be able to come up with some cross-platform stuff. Yeah, well, Xbox and PC, there shouldn't be any problems being cross-platform there ever, as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't know why it's taken this long for it to be something that is there. I mean, they had Shadowrun back. I mean, yeah, first-person shooter, obviously, is a little bit of a different complex piece, but Shadowrun back in the early 360 days was cross-platform between 360 and PC. Um, not the best ideal game to do a cross-platform with because the accuracy of a mouse and keyboard will always beat out a controller. But it, it worked. They proved that it worked all the way back then. Then no one's done anything with it since. Yeah, Rocket League is perfect, though, and it also mm. feeds into their 
strategy of uh, having the association between the Xbox platform and the Windows 10's gaming platform. Yeah. Um, mm. but we won't talk about universal Windows platform. Mm. Oh, um, <laughs> <clears throat> yes, let's not talk about that at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've got uh, a couple more bits uh, before we wrap up. So Destiny Update's been finally announced for 12th of April. Yay! Um, Finally! So um, POE speculation, explain. Please explain. Okay, POE, uh, Prison of Elders. Um, Back in the the House of Wolves DLC, not expansion, DLC. Um, Back in the House of Wolves DLC last year, they introduced Prison of Elders, which is an arena-style horde mode yes. um, event. Um, personally, I think this next update is going to be another Prison of Elders-style arena horde mode event thing that you can take part in. This time it'll have taken enemies in it from the Taken King. Yeah. Um, reason I speculate that is the image Bungie used in their weekly oh, – sorry, they call it This Week at Bungie now – the this week at Bungie post that they did on Friday our time in the morning, um, the image shows three guardians all very takenified, but they're all wearing the same armor that uh, was the rewards from Prison of Elders. So that leads it, a lot of people to speculate: oh, we're going to get Prison of Elders style content, and we'll have Taken in there. The other theory is. Um, that, well, if you look at the Taken war that Destiny had, uh, Oryx, the Taken King, was, you know, corrupting Fallen, Vex, mm. Cabal, every race under the sun. However, he didn't have any Taken Guardians. Now, my theory being that, you know, it's a war. There's ca- always casualties of war on both sides. Um, there had to have been a few Guardians that were taken and corrupted by Oryx at some point in the war that was going on while you're doing your story missions so maybe these are those taken guardians that we now have to go hunt down and kill yeah. or redeem or something like that that's a story theory so who knows what we're actually going to be doing but um i hope it's fun yes well, yeah. more, more importantly are, are there going to be more things i can buy at eververse <laughs> i'm sure there's plenty already no, it's not enough. Never have enough. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to buy moats. No. Oh, c- come on! There's that whole um, doing the dance, the hotline blinglet dance that you can do now. No, it didn't look when good when Drake did it. It doesn't look good when anyone else does it. So about the Napoleon Dynamite one? No, <laughs> that, that's a rip off the Secret World. Secret World have some great emotes in those respects. Dancing yeah. emotes. Well, the Sorry. Napoleon Dynamite one was actually the male blood elf from WoW. Yeah, that's right. Well. Yeah. Um, mm. Secret World, sorry, be my other comparison with the Division. Not exactly sure why, mainly because I think my character looks the same as my Secret World character. Okay, not the strongest connection then. No. 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 But, um, yeah. All right, Daredevil Season 2 uh, is now on Netflix. So launched in the past few days. Um, I actually haven't looked, but is it another, th- what, 12 or 13 episodes? Uh, 13 episodes. Yeah, 13 episodes. So I've, I'll let you comment in a sec. I've only watched the very first one, picks up from where the last series left off without wanting to spoil it for anyone that hasn't watched it. Um, uh, it was 12 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously Wilson Fisk is out of the picture at the end of Series mm-hmm. 1, so it's time for a new villain. Spoiler? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, you Um, you haven't watched it, Simon, have you? Oh, I've watched it. Good God. I just basically... Gorged yourself on it. Well, just sat on the couch and didn't eat, didn't sleep, didn't drink. Yeah, it was very good. So, And and episode one is very much setting up for who the new villain is. Obviously, unless you haven't been on the internet, and spoiler alert is that um, the Punisher makes a return... Um, and you see a well, bit it's of... his first appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. I use heavy air quotes there, seeing as it's a TV show. Yes. Um, but all the same universe as the Avengers and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield and whatever other Marvel movies coming out in the yes. next 
little bit. So he starts off with a bang, and that's all I've watched, mm. but I, I'm looking forward to the rest. So Ooh, I mean, yeah. feel free to talk about the rest, Ben, if you want, but I'd be really careful, obviously, on spoilers. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'll, I'll keep it very short. Uh, episode one is gloriously violent, um, which I'm sure you can agree with me, David. Oh, yeah, um, yeah uh, Punisher, yeah, definitely arrives with a bang, and the episode ends with a bang as well. Um but if the one thing I will say from episode three, yeah, in episode three, um, there, and in season one there was a very similar scene uh, where they did the one continuous shot oh, yeah. down the hallway for the fight scene. They upped the ante in in uh, season two. There is now a down the hallway, down the stairs, uh, into the lift lobby fight scene. Cool. One continuous um, shot. Can't wait. Mm. Um, it's just such a high quality show I, I still am not 100% sold on that version of the costume but I don't think they could have pulled off any of the classic modes of costume without it looking silly so I understand uh, why I, it, you haven't started watching see, uh, episode 2 yet but um, uh, they fix up his helmet oh cool yeah um, and just while we're very brief, sorry, sorry, that, sorry, and I was just going to say, I, I do like the way they just they had the courage to let let it evolve, let the costume evolve. Yes. Well, the first season they had that original was it the Mark Miller run costume, the black one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was really good, really smart way to do it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then uh, just very briefly on superheroes, I didn't mind the latest Civil War trailer with Spider Man making an appearance. Ooh. A lot of criticism of his eyes moving, but overall I think it, it's not a bad likeness and I think it'll bring something to the movie, hopefully. It worked for Deadpool, it'll work for Spidey. That's right. And we That's haven't, right. We sort of missed talking, maybe we should save that for a We Hate People song, but we haven't actually talked about Deadpool. Uh, yeah, right. please save it. I haven't seen it yet. Right. I think, oh, just really? give, give it a score out of 10, Simon. I'd give it a solid eight and a half to nine. Very good. I enjoyed it. 48. Yeah, I thought it all, yeah, because I know you were nervous. And I, when I saw I saw it before you and I thought I'd be surprised if it didn't meet your expectations. It, it, in all honesty, it met my expectations of the opening titles. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I haven't seen right it yet. And then so right, right at the end. Oh, really? yeah. No, you got to see it. You got to see it soon. Mm. Uh, and then the uh, the bit at the end um, that we habitually sit through the credits for. Uh, I just had, I, I did slightly cack myself there. See, I can't even remember. I need to rewatch it. Well, I'm, uh, when, when's it released on a DVD? It'd be still a while off, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, it's still in the cinema, thankfully. So yeah. it'll be a while off. Hurry. And just in case, I can't imagine Mara. there's anyone listening to this podcast out there that is under the delusion that you could take kids to it, but it is one of the most non-kid-friendly movies I've seen. Oh, God. There's yeah. no it, way you would take a kid, kid to it. No. Because <laughs> I, I witnessed a, a person walking to the local comic shop to buy Deadpool vinyl pop, and this was a five- or six-year-old kid, and, and he was nagging the hell out of a go see the movie, but thankfully she realised he couldn't go. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, definitely. Um, so many minds ruined. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, and then I believe you want to do a shout-out for something evil you got up to in Vancouver, Ben, before we wrap up. Yeah, just want to do a quick shout-out to the guys at uh, EXP Bar in Vancouver. Um, if you're travelling to Vancouver at all, definitely check them out. They are a video game-themed restaurant and drinking establishment. Um, the guys there were very kind in putting up with me for not only one night but two nights in a row um, where I drank every cocktail on the menu. Um, and when I say cocktail, they had a King's Fall cocktail to the destiny. They had a Lemon Blaster one to represent uh, Mega Man. They had Pokemon-themed drinks. They had Superman-themed drinks. They had um, the Trifles Burger for Zelda as one of their meals. Why uh, the hell isn't there one of them in Australia? Yeah. Simon. I don't know. Simon, is, we need to get onto that. Yes. Seriously, guys, if you're going to Vancouver, check them out. They're really nice guys. When they found out I was from Australia, this is just after the um, after Australia Day and just after the Australian plugger. Guy busted a plugger at the server and then chased down the co- uh, the crims. 
thing. Yeah. So they knew all about that. They've seen the most recent video about how to talk Australian and all that sort of stuff. They were great guys, really friendly. Um, I think Curtis was the bartender. I can't remember the name of the owner who I ended up talking to for a bit as well. Um, but, yeah, check them out online, EXP Bar in Vancouver, spelt exactly that, EXP Bar. Um, check them out online. Have a look at their menu. Have a look at some of their drinks. It's really clever, really, really great bar. Uh, video game walls, 8-bit stuff going on all the time, uh, Twitch streaming, all, all that sort of stuff. And you obviously, really men- you obviously mentioned your highly successful podcast and that you'd be giving it a plug and, and at least scored I, a I couple did, hundred actually. bucks I out did. of it. I did score a couple of hundred bucks out of them, but I did say, hey, guys, I'm going to give you guys a plug. Thanks for looking after me. All right. Um, so, And when should Simon and I send you through our direct deposit details? Uh, yeah, you'll have to uh, send, send that uh, checks in the mail. Yeah. It, it, it will definitely bounce. Excellent. They are going to be horribly disappointed if they ever hear this. <laughs> That's oh, right. yeah. <laughs> At least we've got production values. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up there, boys, unless you've got anything else you want to add quickly. One little thing. Yep. The uh, Halo World Championship finals are on tomorrow. That's to say Monday the 21st, our time, Sunday the 20th in the US and Canada. Uh, You probably won't be hearing this in time unless you're one of the people who downloads it as soon as the thing comes out. But even so, uh, it's worth watching the the semis and the final, which I'm sure is going to be absolutely amazing tomorrow. Uh, Saw the semis today. Absolutely gobsmacked. Just the skills of some of these guys and just how nail-biting some of these matches were. It's however good you think you are at any of these sort of games, and I'm crap. It just blows your mind. So uh, go and have a look. Uh, Google uh, Halo on Twitch and uh, have a look at uh, the uh, the pre-recorded matches because really worth a look. Cool. Any last very brief snippets, Ben? Um, I think we've pretty much covered everything, cool. haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we have. All right, well, then I believe that's a show. So, as always, if you'd like to offer an opinion, and remember we'd love your half-assed hypothetical suggestions, um, Feel free to email us at contact at oceanicgamer.com or visit our highly popular Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Oceanic Gamer. Um, we do also have forums, but I know they, they've died in the arse, as I sort of predicted. I hoped against hope they wouldn't. But I've had a couple of people, thank you to, I've forgotten exactly who, there were two or three people that suggested, what was the name of the platform? I just haven't had a chance to look at it. It was a... I'm just quickly looking now while we're on it because everyone else will have tuned out anyway. Um, Here we go. Dead air. Dead air. All right, I'll fill the dead air. Discord. Discord server. Oh, Discord. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I need to look into that. I have And it was um, Palais and um, uh, Thomas Thrumas or um, Thomas Medina, who's a regular listener. Yes, yes. Yep. So both of those guys suggested Discord. So thanks, guys, for suggestion. I just haven't looked into it yet, but we will look at that for sure. Um, Twitter, my handle is the Oceanic Gamer. Simon tweets under RPG Beats RL, and I'd follow him rather than me because you're more on top of the pulse, Simon. And Ben tweets under the Spawny Thirteen and live streams. Do you still live stream? Uh, yeah, it's going to be picking up. I've just bought some new hardware, so I'll be streaming a lot more more frequently. All right, at Twitch TV forward slash the Spawny 13. As always, you'll find the last 50 episodes or so on iTunes, and we're also on Stitcher. So, yes, thanks very much for listening, and thank you to my co hosts, Simon and Ben. Thank you. Thank you. And have a great week, and remember, and I believe you came up with this one, Ben. You don't stop playing because you grow old, you grow old because you stop playing. Was that yours? Uh, I stole it from somewhere else, so I can't remember, but yes, I did. Nice. Put that one forward. I like it. Yes. Mm. Here, here. All right. Good night. Good night. Nighty night.
ability to speak does not make one intelligent.